Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by special guest speaker, Chris Kildosher. Hey, stand to your feet. Let's let's start to shout to Jesus in this house tonight. Thank you, Father, for your love. Yeah, just lift up a clap offering to Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor you. God, we give you the glory. All the glory is unto your name, King Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just stay standing for just a sec. I just feel the Lord. We love you, Lord. As Pastor Joy was, was singing about alignment, God is going to put everything into alignment in these next three days of meetings. Everything's going to come into alignment, those, those bones aligning up. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. I prophesy to you, friends, whatever you came with this week, you're leaving without that you don't want in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. 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 You guys can have a seat. Man, I feel the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm, I'm honored to be here. This is uh, family and friends, Pastor Daniel and Joy. I love you guys a lot. You guys are great people. Do you guys love your pastors? Yeah. Yeah, give them a hand clap, too. Um, I brought with me uh, my brother Jean-Fee Christophe. No, wait, did I say Jean-Christophe, yeah. Why did I say Jean-Fee? So much French. Uh, he's from Sedona. He's a man of God. He went to Reading. He was in uh, Levi's class, uh, I believe. Levi, Dave Harvey, you in their class? Yeah. So Dave's been here as well. So Jean's amazing. This is my buddy, Nate. Nate is our media guy, but he's also incredibly uh, prophetic minister. He's a man of God. Um, he's already got people's names and stuff like that that he's praying into this morning. So we'll see what the Lord does here, but um, we're going to have an incredible three days of meetings. Say three days. Why three days? Why would you do meetings on a Monday morning? Because the house of God, it says, in the last days will be exalted as chief of the mountains, and nations will stream to it. That's Isaiah 2. Literally, that church will be the most important place to be. Yes, church in the streets. Yes, church in the restaurants. Yes, church out there. Yes, miracles out there. But people being drawn like never before to the gathering of the saints. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10 actually says it. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints together, even more so as you see the day approaching. Now, friends, this Bible says we won't know the time or the, we won't know the day or the hour, but we will know the times and the seasons. And friends, we're getting closer and closer. But I tell you the truth, as we get closer to the bodily return of our king, when he splits the eastern sky, when he steps down onto that mountain in Jerusalem, all these things are going to happen in literal time. When we get close to those days, things accelerate. Say accelerate. What do you mean by acceleration, Chris? As we get closer, more has to happen to see the fulfillment of God's promises in the earth before his bodily return. I promise you, friends, the church is going to walk in divine health like never before. You'd say, I've been sick for a long time. I don't care. You're going to get healed in these meetings. I have not yet seen a devil that can withstand the name of Jesus. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's true. I have not yet seen a power of the devil. You know, I was in a meeting on a Friday night. This is like, you know, a couple, what was it? What's today? Sunday? Friday night. Nate was there, so he can testify to this. Catholic church, 2,500-person Catholic church in Omaha, Nebraska. Priest is so hungry for the move of God. Let us come and hold a miracle service on Friday night. They went door to door and invited 7,500 people, passed out flyers. I don't, know, I don't know charismatics and Pentecostals that are willing to knock on people's doors to talk about Jesus. The Catholics went out and knocked on doors, said, you need to come to this meeting and hear about Jesus. 
Door to door. Door to door evangelism. Say evangelism. God will make us jealous through our brothers in other churches. You'd say, I don't know if the Catholics are born again. Well, I'll tell you the truth. That altar was full of people born again the other night. Hands in the air, baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying with new tongues at the altar. 18, 19, 20-year-old kids shaking under the power of God at the altar, surrendering to Christ, speaking with new tongues, baptized in the Spirit. There was a, a, a man in that meeting. I confirmed it through two people, so I believe it. I know the, both of the people. I trust them. A man in that meeting, deaf and mute his entire life, hearing out of one of his ears and repeating phrases, Jesus, Jesus. You know, if you're a little baby, you've got to learn how to talk, right? Jesus. I prophesy to you today, things that you've had your entire life are going to be destroyed in these meetings. Yeah, you believe that? Shout Hallelujah. Say amen. amen. I feel the power of God here today. You guys, we had miracles in worship. You guys see miracles regularly, but you don't have to wait till the end of the meeting to get healed. I've been in so many meetings. Praise the Lord. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to give you a, a quick overview of, uh, for those of you. How many of you guys have heard Chris preach before? number of you guys. How many of you guys is my privilege to preach to you the first time? Uh, honor you guys. Bless you. I'm your brother in Christ. I love Jesus. Are there any, like, You've only been here for like six months or less. Any hands? Raise your hand. Just want to see. If you could, well, welcome, you guys. This is cool. So I've never got to meet you guys. What's your name, hon? Mandy, bless you. Your name means worthy of love. Did you know that? That's a powerful name. You picked a good name out. <laughs> I wrote songs about that. Luke 4. You know, I'll read it and I'll tell a little bit of story. Luke 4. Hmm. I'm going to start in uh, verse 14. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is prophesied all throughout the Old Testament, came, born of a virgin. I'm quoting, I'm saying something before reading it. Came, was born of the virgin, was manifested to Israel. And it says here, after he was baptized in the River Jordan, not a baptism of repentance for him. He didn't need to repent. He was holy. What was, what was he getting baptized for? See, we get baptized in water to repent of our sins, to surrender everything to Christ, and to dedicate ourselves. And baptism is supposed to be a deliverance. He didn't need deliverance. What was he doing? He was setting apart his service to the king. And the voice of the father said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. He was led by the spirit in the wilderness. And now in verse 14, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. Say the power of the spirit. And news of him went through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues and was glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say that with me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted or heal those that have been destroyed. Friends, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He's giving us his mission statement. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to those who are blind. It's interesting, he actually changed the verse there. If you read in Isaiah 61, it says liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Why did he change it? Because if you're in prison, you need to see that you're in prison and recognize that Jesus already broke you out and you need to just walk out. It's what Joseph talked about, about when they were praising, all the prison doors opened up. All they had to do was walk out. Friends, you get to walk out of bondage today. 
You're going to walk. You're going to talk. There's people in this room. I can even feel it. That power God's already working in your legs. That power God's already working in your back. That power God's already working in your arms, in your blood, in your lymph nodes. That power God's already working even in your seat. Right now, the healing grace of God is touching people all over this room. Liberty to captives. Say that with me. Liberty to captives. What's a captive? It's somebody that's being trafficked. You know, today we have a problem in the world called human trafficking. It's been going on a long time, but it's more exasperated and more realized by people today. People talk about it. But friends, there has been a trafficking going on since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve rebelled against God's command. They walked away from intimacy and chose that wrong tree. And we were trafficked under sin. But for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And our captor has been slapped down in Christ's resurrection. Friends, I want to tell you something. There's a greater captor than the devil. His name's Jesus. He's going to captivate you in these meetings. I'm going to keep reading just a few more verses. Set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of God's favor, the acceptable year of the Lord. Say acceptable. That word there means the delightful year the delightful time. Friends, I don't care how painful your past has been. I do care. Jesus cares. But you need to look at how painful his cross was to liberate you from your past, to deliver you now in your present, and to set you on a future path. I prophesy to every person in this room, if you come to these meetings, everything in your life is going to completely change, me included. We are going to see the move of God I'm telling you the truth. God is going to get people back on track on his mission. Jesus here gives his mission statement. Say mission. You know, without a mission, you don't know what to do. But without a vision, you actually perish and you decrease. Say vision. Mission is what you do, and vision is what happens because of what you do. In Isaiah 61, Jesus goes on. You know what? I'm going to back up and tell me my story real quick. I had an aimless life as a child, but my mom loved me well. My dad loved me. They brought me to church. I heard the gospel. I surrendered to Christ at seven years of age in First Baptist Church of Tequesta, Florida. I remember walking to the altar and feeling a hand on my shoulder walking with me, even though nobody I could see was with me. Fourteen years of age, I heard the Lord call me. I explored what that could look like. I didn't really, uh, I didn't want to answer that calling. Um, I was offended at church. Don't let what people do to you keep you from Jesus. You know, you'd be like John F. Kennedy. Ask not what my church can do for me, but what I can do for my church. Praise the Lord. Amen? You get that attitude in, you'll, everything will completely shift because you're getting out of victimhood. God's going to break every victim mindset in your mind, in your life, in your family. He's going to destroy it all by his anointing in these meetings. You guys feel the anointing of God moving? It's heart issues being healed, even as I'm speaking. Mental issues. God spoke to me when we were praying in the Spirit. He's going to deliver people of long-term mental problems in these meetings. And I want to tell you the truth. As we're in these meetings, bring people. Bring others. Text people. Call people. Say, hey, come to this meeting. You're going to see incredible miracles. When we're in meetings like this, they grow every night. Uh, every, t- every, every meeting, I, yes, every meeting I've done, I was making sure with the Lord I was being truthful. Every meeting we've done like this, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they grow every single night. Why? Because that's the ministry of revival. Say revival. You know, revival is growth. There is no greater anointing to stay the same. 
So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 19, sitting with a beer and a Bible in my apartment. A friend dared me to read the Bible for 30 days straight. I wept as I was reading a story in Acts chapter 5 about two hypocrites. God said to me, you're just like them. You're a hypocrite too. You say you've given me your life, but you haven't. I love you so much, I'll let you keep living the way you're living, but you know the end of it. I knew I was not on my way to heaven. I was on my way to hell. Hell is a real place. Most people believe me in this room. If you were to see it, you would scream in terror just at the sight. Why do people go to hell? Because they reject the mercy of the outstretched arm of Jesus. I was preaching to a guy recently in a restaurant, and I told him about the Lord. He'd gotten healed 10 years before in a restaurant. We prayed for him. He had a metal pin disappear out of his knee in the restaurant. He was a server. That's a creative miracle. So God, I like miracles in restaurants because they have food. <laughs> in church, you sometimes get in trouble for having a coffee cup. But there in the restaurant, you can have miracles with food. My buddy, uh, Jean, you've been, you've been in Mexico. We've seen incredible miracles in restaurants, right? Do you remember some miracles out there in restaurants? What do you remember? Let me finish my story as you think. I want you to share a story, though. Um, we were there praying for that guy. Metal pin disappeared out of his knee. And then, 10 years later, I end up preaching to him again. He's still not saved. See, if you pray for someone and they get healed and they don't meet Jesus and surrender their life to him, they're still going to hell. You know, it's impossible to be apostolic without being evangelistic. You know, Paul would go to cities and flip them upside down. Thousands of people would come to Jesus. You know, God is going to put us on track with not only an infatuation with the supernatural power of his goodness, but on the nature of his kindness in Christ Jesus who died for our sins. And God's going to put us on track to see the harvest come in. You know, if you gear your life towards Christ's harvest of souls, everything gets so easy. How many times, and they could help me with this, how many times have we preached in the past week? We did four sermons last Thursday. We preached Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, day off Wednesday, day off Thursday, Friday. Now we're here and we're going to do another seven meetings, six, well, leadership meetings. I feel like I'm plugged into an electric socket of grace. Friends, if you go after souls, everything in your life, finances will begin to flow. You won't even think about stuff anymore. You won't worry about it. You'll be blown away. Why? Because all of heaven. Jesus gave us his mission statement to proclaim the gospel to the oppressed, the poor, the broken. To proclaim what's the good news? That he's come. That he is salvation. That he is healing. That he's deliverance. And he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit at 19, spoke with other tongues in my apartment, got drunk in the Spirit. But I was preaching in the restaurant to this guy, back to the store with a metal pin in his knee, and I began to preach to him. And I said, friend, it's kind of like God is reaching towards you, and the only hand that's reaching towards you and all of humanity drowning in their sins is the outstretched arm of Jesus Christ, nail-pierced hand reaching towards you, brother. As I started saying that, all of a sudden this song came on the radio, do 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 I could hear it coming in the other night. Some people know that song. I look at that guy, I say, isn't it interesting this song would come on as I just said that to you? He said, this song is about someone drowning and people watching and doing nothing about it. 
Friends, there are people drowning around us, and we're doing not a whole lot. How do you catch God's heart? You catch it in prayer. We're going to get into the spirit of prayer in these meetings, in the spirit of intercession. You know, I, I pray at a uh, mega church with some of the pastors. We'll be downstairs in the basement screaming over souls, travailing. Out of our mouths will come people's names with tears and shrieks and screams in tongues. I was praying in the basement one time. I started screaming this name, Bella, Bella, Bella. And then I remember there's a girl in the youth group called Bella. Now I'm praying in tongues, so I don't even know what's coming. When you're praying in spirit, it's like it's just coming out and you're hearing it. You can think. You can talk to God in your heart and your head, but it's coming out of your mouth. You're praying mysteries, but you're praying the perfect will of God. That's for every Christian. If you're like, I don't know if that's for me, it's for you. You're going to get it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? Because you, you cannot live the Christian life without the fullness of the Spirit in the last days. You cannot. You'd say, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. I'll give you a ton of verses to prove it. I'm a, I'm a good Baptist. I grew up Baptist, praise God. And here I am. I'm, I've become one of those wild ones. You, you deal with the fear of man, the fear of man will leave you. There's people here, you're going to get delivered to the fear of people in these meetings. That's what God told me when I was 19. He said, Chris, you fear people so much you have no room for my voice in your life. I don't hear God. I don't hear God. God's going to take care. It's not hard to hear somebody that lives inside of you. He's going to take care of all that in these meetings. So bring people. Bring people. Uh, Jean, why don't you share? Jean, John's been to Mexico City with me, and he's seen incredible miracles. Why don't you share a couple testimonies real quick? Go and stand up, my brother. Welcome, my friend, Jean. All right, thank you. I'll, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'll show the uh, testimony of even going to Mexico. Uh, Chris said, uh, I feel like you're supposed to come with me on this trip. And I was reticent to go. I was like, oh, there's other places I'm more interested in. And he said, buddy, I'm saving you a spot. And so the way it works at Bethel is you put down your, at the time, your top six. I put Chris in spot six. He doesn't get a chance to even pick you until you uh, get rejected from every other trip <laughs> in order. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make it to six. Like, I know everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be spot one. But lo and behold, like a month and a half later, I'm rejected from every other trip. And Chris saved me a spot. And we went to Mexico City together. And he said, I knew it. I knew you were supposed to come with me. I don't know why he didn't put me first. I should have just put him first and listened to him. But uh, anyway, um, going back, before going to Mexico, I had had the same recurring dream over and over and over about going to this church. And I just tell everyone that everyone's going to get healed in this church. And I'm like, you know, I told actually my pastor at the time about it. And she's like, oh, you know, just write it down. Keep it in mind. And we get to um, Mexico. It's my first day there. We go out in the middle of nowhere at like 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, man, this is the church for my dream. This is the place that God's been preparing me to go. And so we get there. And they actually, like, which is odd for Mexico because a lot of times this is like through everywhere I've been in Latin world, they generally kind of revere white people in a weird way. They think you have like magical white juju power, uh, but not this place. They're like, you piece of crap, white guy, like, like, get the hell out of here. What are you doing here? And so this pastor's preaching 40 minutes. I don't get a translator because I speak Spanish, so just me and this lady, older lady, Debbie, and she keeps saying, what, what is a pastor preaching about? Well, he's preaching about uh, honoring us, and I'm like, why does he keep preaching about honoring us? I'm like, because they don't like us. And so she says, well, I'll go first. So she does a short message I, I translate for her. These people are, everyone's, 
Everyone's sitting there like Mr. Blue Shirt over here in the third row. Arm. <laughs> He's cold. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, his arms crossed and, and lots of angry faces. And I was like, oh, man, like, I know this is the place for my dream, but, like, these people just really don't like us. And so, um, I, you know, it's my turn. And I'm like, well, they already hate us, so whatever. Nothing, no, no one can understand what I'm saying. And Chris is in charge, so I don't have to worry about being in trouble. I can just do whatever I want. And so um, Chris used to always say when we were in school, it's a go until I hear a no. And I would say, is, are, is, that, is that allowed? And he'd say, it's a go until I hear a no. And so <laughs> uh, we had a little more liberty on, on uh, Chris' trip. But anyway, I, um, I was like, God, what can I say to these people that will like open their hearts to receive. And he said, just tell them that there was a young man last week named Pablo who died last Friday, who they think is in hell, but he's in my arms. He's in heaven with me, with Jesus. And, and when they hear that, they're going to know that you sent me. And because there's no way you can know that. And so I told them that. And then it was just like instant weeping because people had been praying for this kid to get out of drugs and out of this life. And he was killed by the cartel. And they were like, this is a man of God. We have to listen to him. And so he, he sent us here. And so then I said, you know, I'm just going to do the dream now. So I have a short message, and I tell everyone, everybody get up. Today's your day. I don't care how small it is. I don't care if you need reading glasses or if you're blind. Everybody is getting healed today. You come up, and Jesus is going to heal you. And so the pastor does me a favor, which is a great favor by bringing the sickest people first <laughs> and lining them up for me. It's like, oh, my goodness. So first guy I is put in front of me is a, a guy who is blind from birth. And I have, this is honest truth, I'm almost 30 at this point. I have never met a blind person in my entire life. And I'm honestly thinking like, wow, this is like kind of gross eyes. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds mean, but I'm like, this is weird. I, I've never, I, you know, you, I've, I know they exist. I've never seen a blind person. So I pray for the guy quickly and nothing happens. And I prayed for him a second time, and, I was, and nothing happened. And I was like, then, then I switched to English. Uh, and I'm like, God, you got to bail me out here. These people, they are on my side right now. But the tide can turn quickly back to how it was when we got here. And we might not make it out of here alive. So I'm like, you got to pull through. I had a dream. You told me about this Pablo guy. And I'm like, you, you, need, like you, you need to back me up here because these people are going to kill me. So I pray a third time for this guy, and his eyes open, and he has normal eyes. And he sees for the first time in his life, and he just starts weeping. And then it was person after person. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. It was awesome. And then there was a man with cerebral palsy, and I prayed for him, and he just let his crushes go and, and walked. And then there was a person with a massive tumor on their neck, and the tumor just disappeared. And after that, it was probably that day, like somewhere in the neighborhood, about 500 people got healed. And there were so many people to pray for, I ended up just getting a bunch of little kids. And I was like, your eyes just got healed. Now you can pray for other people who need their eyes healed. Because there was probably 100 people just for eyes. So we had these two little sisters, they were five and seven years old, praying for everyone that needed their eyes healed. Because it's not about me, it's about, you know, and, and they don't even have that much respect for children there, but I'm like, if your kids can heal you, like, this is, now you know it's God. And so um, that day, just, it was uh, a realization of a dream, and everybody left 
healed that way. <laughs> Much to my surprise, nobody killed us. That was great. Um, but, you know, I mean, that wasn't all. After people were so moved, they were like, we want, we want you to prophesy over us. And I was like, oh, man, I'm already so tired. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but we just traveled. We left at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay. But so, you know, we're thinking, okay, it's going to be a handful of people. No, the, the, whole, the whole church, like both services, like 1,000 people. And so we're like, it's just the two of us. Like, this is going to be something. <laughs> we're going to be here a while. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll just do it out of duty. And it was crazy. I let this lady, Debbie, go first. She doesn't speak a word of Spanish. I'm so I would, go, I would go first in Spanish. And I'm thinking, like, eh, I don't know. Like, am I even, I'm even hearing from the Lord, which is so weird because you just saw a whole church full of people get healed. And then I would go, and then Debbie would go, and it was the exact same word. And after about 40 people, I was like, let's not both do this anymore because we're just, I'm just repeating the same thing over and over. And so I think, um, what's that? No, I'm not prophesying anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no. no. Um, yeah, so uh, we, um, no, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it was just, uh, you know, in, I just think how much there was, it's kind of a, like sometimes we'll just think that things happen happenstantially in our life, that all of these hard times or things in our past um, all the heaviness that we carry around is without cause, not realizing how God is orchestrating all these things to work together for our good. The opportunities that you even pass up. I mean, I don't want to, you know, bloviate and go on about my own life, but there are major opportunities that I've passed up financially to, like, serve my family and things like that, that, you, you know, you look back and you think, was that really a good choice? Like, all these things I passed up on. But then I think, you know, I worked for 10 years, like for basically less than minimum wage, just to have a guest tell me, you're going to be really good friends with this guy, Chris. You need to go to Reading and visit him. And I, I said, okay. And then I went and visited him. And every step of the way seemed like there was some weird roadblock. And even I didn't choose to go on his trip, but God put that dream in my heart and then put it in Chris's heart for me to go there. And just every step of the way, and you see at the end, like, wow, look at all the fruit that came out of, look what, what God had to put me through to get me to this amazing place where I can see his amazing love poured out on these people. And so um, I just, I don't know. I, if I was just going to encourage everyone today, it's just that we get so fixated on our present concerns in life. We get so fixated on what's right in front of us not knowing what can be coming up at any moment. And you think, you know, why, why have you put me here, God? Like right now I have, um, I have in a small accounting practice with just me, but I, get, um, I have some extremely wealthy customers, some that make over $100 million a year. And I get to speak into these people's lives, and I would never have access to these people. These are like some of them CEOs of companies you would know. And, um, I mean, some of these people now, they're, they're, getting, they're getting healed. Their lives are getting transformed. And you don't, you don't know what God has coming for you, how he's preparing you for those times. And so for me, it took, you know, a life of doing all sorts of other things and, 
And just to lead it into like meeting Chris, him saving me a spot, prepping me with all these dreams. If I didn't have all those dreams, there is no way I would have gone into this church and say, everybody's getting healed. I wouldn't have had the confidence to say that. And so I just think that it's so important to meditate on God and take the time instead of, sometimes we get really fixated on doing. Um, and I, I am the most guilty of that of anyone. I have like four jobs. I'm, <laughs> I am very, very guilty. But then I think about how amazing it is how God prepares you for what's coming in your life. And we can't become fixated on the present time because there's always going to be some amazing plan that he has waiting for us in the future. And I think it's easy to gloss over that fact. And you think about even Jesus, 90, almost 90% of his life was in preparation. He spent 30 years. I mean, it's, you know, imagine before you ever have a job, you're going to work three years in this job but I want you to prepare for 30. And so Jesus spent a whole lifetime. How much more so is God preparing us through our lifetime? And it's, it's just unbelievable the ways in which he brings us blessings, brings us people, brings us to places. And we don't always step into that moment. Like we may feel that urge and we pass. But after we start getting accustomed to it, it becomes second nature. And you see, like, Chris, everywhere he goes, people get transformed. You can't, you can't help it. When I first met him, he, um, he, he took me to a birthday party. <laughs> it's my first five minutes at Chris. I said, hey, uh, he said, hey, do you want to come to a birthday party with me? I said, I don't have a present. I don't really know the person. He said, I don't really know him that well either. <laughs> but I feel like there's a person there with a small foot. And I want to go pray for him. And so we drive over to this house, and there's this kid, somebody's cousin from L.A. visiting. And he's standing behind the counter and like, hey, you're the guy with the small foot. God's healing your foot. And he said, I don't believe in God. And Chris said, I don't care. Take off your shoe, <laughs> and you're going to have your foot will be restored. And the guy tells him again, I don't how that can't happen. God's not real. And he said, just take off your shoe and your foot will be restored. And Chris goes behind the counter, and the guy takes off his shoe, and in true Star Trek moment, the guy has a fully formed foot again, and he tells him, um, he, he's had lots of nice four-letter words to say. He wasn't, he wasn't saved yet, but that's okay. Chris and I are familiar with those words, too, from other times in life. But, um, yeah, and this guy gets, you know, filled in with the Holy Spirit and saved, and... Um, it's just there's so many times where it's easy to think about the present, think about, um, you know, basically think about the past, fixate on the present and the past, and not think about how is God working all of this together for me? How is he going to use, you know, I just think about even hurts in my own life, like how much, um, like as a child, I was, I, was, I was very suicidal as a kid from when I was five years old. I used to climb up on the roof almost every day and look down and think about jumping off the roof. And um, I just feel like there's times where now when I come across someone that has that heaviness in their life, I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you be captive to that lie. Like, I have, like, this is something the devil tried to oppress me with, and now I'm bringing it for good. And instead of having our whole lives focus being on what happened in the past, where we are in the present. You think about 
How is God going to take this and give me an amazing future? How is he going to use all these things that he's been preparing Jesus for for 30 years to have an amazing ministry? And how is he going to take each of us with our unique abilities and ways of being and knowledge and say, I'm going to propel you forward into something amazing. You're going to touch people that I would have no access to. I mean, we're just talking about my brother-in-law's American Chinese. And I said, David, if I go to some... Chinatown, these people are going to look at me like, who is this idiot? Like, <laughs> get, out of, get out of town. But for him, I said, you, you have like a whole group of people that your whole life has been preparing you to minister to these people. And so I just encourage, if I was going to encourage you in anything today, it's just that you all have something so special that you carry from what you've gone through, from where you are today. But don't let that define you. But let that be your basis for who, the people that you can bless the most. And so any of that, if I could just pray right now, any of that heaviness that is on anybody here from our past, from right now, things that are worrying us, I just release right now from heaven that God would just be pouring out joy to fill in those places, fill in those dark places in life, that those things that we've hold on to that have been, become our identity, that have become just a, a, a heaviness inside of us, that we relate to, that we release those back to God and say, God, use this for good. Show me how you're turning this around in my life to minister to these people that have had these same lies, these same wounds, and that the devil would be expunged from these areas of my life and that I would only believe in the truth that you have good and great blessings for me, that you are taking all these burdens off of me right now, that I am so light and it feels like I could fly. And I just ask that there would be an outpouring of joy that you feel like there is so much joy in your life that it is just overflowing. Um, I was just thinking this the other day. I had a, a small group, and I said, I, if I, I feel so happy right now. It's a crazy thing today, but I, I feel so happy right now. I feel like if somebody came with a bow to happiness that I couldn't, like, I just can't hold anymore. And I was like, if, I just feel like when you're, when you're so overflowing with the knowledge that God loves you, that it's contagious. And um, I mean, I, I remember there were times in my life even where I'd literally just be walking down the street and people, I wouldn't go up to people to minister to them. They would come up to me and say, I know you can, I know you can help me. I don't know why, but I know you can help me. And I mean, it's some of the most marginal people you can ever imagine um, I had a gang leader in L.A. come up to me and tell me, I, I don't know why I'm talking to you, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he said my, he said, uh, I, you know, my, my family were all, were all gang members, and my, um, my, we, we actually pimp all my sisters and my mom. And my mom is dying of cancer, and my youngest sister, who I love a lot, She's, she's dying of AIDS. And I just feel, he said, you know, I never, it's so much a part of who we are that I never thought about all these girls, like even as people, but I always had a special love for my youngest sister. And so we, we just declared that day that his mom is healed of cancer and his sister is, is healed of AIDS. And um, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to, my life's going to change. I, I promise. My life is going to change. If you... He said, if, if I get home and my sister and my mom are healed, I'm going to come find you. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> don't, don't, 
Don't find me like the people in Mexico that want to kill me. But about six months later, there's a, there was a prophecy conference at, at Bethel. And the guy drove up there just presuming I would be a speaker at this prophecy conference, which I certainly was not. And uh, so he comes up, and he, um, he said, I knew, I, knew, I knew I'd find you here, man. I just knew it. I just had a feeling. He's like, I want to tell you what happened in my life. And so he tells me his, he went home, and his sister was healed of AIDS, and his mom was healed of cancer. And um, their family was so touched that not only did he get led to the Lord, he led the whole gang to the Lord. And so the gang is no more. The gang is now like uh, a... That's awesome. Yeah, so the the gang is basically a church now. And... uh, and they, they, let, they had almost 100 girls in prostitution, and they let them all go. And so um, you just never know. I mean, when you start allowing God to just permeate you, and you're just so, you say, you know what? Are these, I am not going to let these things define me. I'm not going to let them be my past. I'm going to let God fill those places with joy and use them to bless the people around me. And then I'm just going to be so um, overflowing that it doesn't even feel like it's hard work or it's exhausting or... Like, it's just, I have a miter, and that's all I can give. You just feel like I'm a millionaire, and for me to give you a 1000 I make a million dollars every day, and a $1,000 means nothing to me. And that's how it is with God. He has he given us, we are millionaires in love, in joy, in spirit, and we have so much. When we realize that, when he's given us so much, that giving it away means nothing. It's a pleasure. We get to see people's lives transformed and it's just pure joy, and it's just out of our overflow. And so when we stop looking towards the past and the present, and we start looking towards the future and making those declarations of what God has for us in, in the future, that those words that we are speaking over our own life create our own destiny, that we're walking into the destiny that God has created for us. And so I took over your whole service. I love you. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap. Put your anointed hands together for the Lord. Yeah. Come on, lift up a shout for what he did. Saving a gang. God, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Wow. You know, the Lord's calling you to shepherd, man. He's calling you. He's pulling you in, bro. He's pulling you in. He's pulling you in. Do you guys agree with that? Did you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you through my brother, Prophet Jean? He's speaking. Everyone was healed. smelling a fragrance. Um, I was in Australia. I had a dream to go there. Went. My friend rented out a stadium. They let me preach in, in uh, a breakout session. One of the interns that was with us with Dave Harvey, he said, this is going to be the easiest miracle meeting you've ever done. I said, I don't believe you, which I just, I just said it. I just was going to be honest. It was the easiest miracle meeting we'd ever had. You know, God will do the same thing in this room that he does in other spaces. You don't have to wait anymore, friend. You don't have to wait anymore. I love what Jean talked about, to how Jesus would, Jesus declared his mission. He understood. He was sent to heal. He was sent to bring liberty. He declared it. And then he describes the rest of the passage he's quoting from Isaiah 61. He describes the vision of God, that the oil of joy would be given for mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, that they would become oaks of righteousness. What does that mean? 
Friend, I prophesy that you're going to become a strong oak in these last days. Immovable. Immovable by culture. Immovable by the world. No longer in love with the world. You know, uh, it says the last days church would not love their lives unto death. They'd be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony not loving their lives unto death. Friends, there are people even in this room Today is going to be the day where you say, you know what? Selfishness goes out the window. Past goes out the window. You know, Paul had to do that. He said, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward what lies ahead. I press onward towards the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the, um, one of the I'm going to preach tonight on uh, the, the um, how should I phrase it, Lord? The coming and now here revival. There is a new move of the Spirit, and it's the original, but it's a new move. It's happening right now. I'm watching it break out in America. A move of just radical, radical salvation, deliverance, healing, and empowerment by the Holy Ghost, equipping. And there's people in this room, you're going to be pastoring churches in five, ten years from now. I'm prophesying to multiple people in this space. You're going to be leading groups. And I know that uh, the team here, that's, that's why they do what they do. They equip the saints for the works of ministry. But God is going to pull us into his harvest where we don't care anymore what people think. 2020, we were preaching. You guys have had Joe Bieber here, my friend. Um, he's been here a couple of times. Great man of God. Um, I was just, he was just in Omaha with us. We had revival breakout. We went into extended meetings. Um, kids, teens, nine-year-old girl at the altar, tears streaming down her face, shaking like this for an hour, didn't move an inch. That's a, that's a sign and a wonder. Kids delivered of demons, radical deliverances. Even old saints, uh, you know, like, you know, delivered from, like, shrieking out. Like, just things were just happening in the meetings. I don't care what oppressions you've come with, they're going to leave. Paul goes on, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah goes on, and Jesus was quoting from it. He goes on, Isaiah 61. He says, it would become oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he'd be glorified. You need to be planted in a house. You're not going to grow if you're not in a community of believers. Amen? Those of you that are older saints or mature saints experience that you understand that. That's why you're here. You need, to get, you need to plug in. You need to serve. You need to jump in. And then it says that those very people would rebuild ruined cities. You know, um, transformation is good. I was on a call the other day with pastors in Australia, and um, one of the leaders on the call, he said, I'm all for revival, but it doesn't lead to transformation. I don't want it. And you know, it was interesting. This is interesting because there's a tension here that I'm going to explore with you guys for a moment. One of the pastors on there said, we live, he lives in Australia, we live in the most beautiful nation. We have the best social system. We have the best medical care. We have all the transformation, but all the people are dying and going to hell. You can't have transformation without salvation. I want to tell you, uh, yes, Lord, the last day's church has been ashamed of the gospel, but I prophesy to you no more. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who would believe. It is the power of God. It's the resurrection life of Jesus who went to that cross for your sins and my sins. What's sin? Hamartia it means to miss the mark, miss the design. It means a twisting and a perversion. Sickness is to the body what sin is to the soul. Jesus Christ is the cure to them both. Whatever sickness you came with, it's leaving this week. I, I, you got to get in all these meetings. I mean, even if Jean is here, it's enough to be in these meetings. The prophet of God. Praise the Lord. Go with me a little further in Luke. You guys okay? Whew. 
in uh, Luke's gospel. Go with me to uh, a little further along. Man, I'm so much here. All right, I will, Lord. Uh, Luke 5, 1. He's been doing miracles just right after the last passage. He preached miracles are happening. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. They saw two boats standing by the lake. The fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a little bit out from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. I say to you, friends in this room, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. Looking in the rearview mirror. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. He was humble enough to obey. You know, we have to be humble enough to obey God's command. To obey the command to go out and preach the gospel. To go out and make disciples. You know, I, I, I'm 37. I get the privilege to talk in the rooms full of people all over the world. I just, we saw kids saved last month. Baptized in the spirit in a meeting. Coming out of new age. So what do I do? I go meet with him one-on-one with another guy. And I talk to him about Jesus. He doesn't know that I preach all over the world. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything. But he's a new believer. We baptized him in a hot tub just last week. Like, I do the simple work too. You've not graduated from the humility of doing the things that God's called you to do. I know this is convicting and it's cutting, but it's important. I really feel this. I remember being here, when were we here? We were here doing meetings, right? We had a hot tub over there. We're baptizing people, right? Baptisms, like every day, there was a woman from South Africa in her 60s, had never given her life to Jesus, gets saved in the meeting, baptized in the spirit, baptized in that tub. Friends, you gotta make space for what the Lord wants to do in your life. And we as leaders, we have to give ourselves to this even more because if we don't, then who's gonna, they're gonna follow. See, if you catch his mission, you catch his vision. Simon Peter caught it that day. What did he catch? A boatload of fish. Friends, I tell you, whatever fish have been missed in the past, there is a whole new batch of fish that God's going to bring into this community in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. When Simon Peter fell down to his feet, he said, depart from me from a sinful man. And he and and all who were with him astonished at the catch. One of the other gospels says, Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to become a fisher of men. You know, the Lord will teach you. I was driving to uh, meet with a pastor, and um, I, uh, I heard uh, the Lord speak to me. He said, drive downtown, and I started arguing with the Lord. See, I, I have a schedule. Like, I have things to go to. You know, one of the greatest enemies of revival is bad administration. Administration, leadership, is a gift of God. But if it pulls you out of souls, you're missing the mark. If it pulls you out of the anointing, you're missing the mark. Another thing is just, just getting consumed with the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I love what Jean told me. He's like, you know, you said that about like how you're ministering, right? You see, the enemy was fine giving you millions of dollars if you become ineffective. You know, Christians worship money. You know, I baptized, we baptized a billionaire. When was it? Am I online? I don't think he's watching. Um, we baptized him in a lake. I won't say where. I'm just going to cover him. We baptized him in his own private lake just about two months ago. But you have to call people to repentance. 
You have to get in their face and just say, you're full, like one-on-one, you don't expose them in front of people. You're full of pride, you're full of bitterness, you need to repent. Like, like Simon Peter did with the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8. You have to be willing to talk to people about stuff. You'd be amazed what you'll get away with when you start talking about Jesus. So anyway, um, I was driving to go meet with a pastor. The Lord said to me, drive downtown. I start arguing in my head. You ever, anybody ever argue with God? Don't raise your hand. I started arguing with the Lord, and I said, God, I got this meeting. I got about an hour window. I will wait. God's speaking to me about people here and things he's doing. Um, so I drive downtown. He says, go in the pizza place. I start arguing with the Lord again. I said, God, I'm not going in the pizza place. My wife's going to get mad if I eat a bunch of pizza. I'm going to want to take a nap after the, the meeting. I'm not going to take care of my three-year-old daughter, you know. God says, go in the pizza place. He says, go in there, sit down in the back. One of the waiters comes in. I look at him. As soon as I look at him, I hear the name David in my heart. I said, is your name David? He goes, yeah. I said, bro, I don't know you from Adam. God sent me here for your soul. I, need, I have a message for you from God, I told him. I said, finish what you're doing. Come sit down across from me. He comes and sits across from me. I look him in his eyes, and I say, the devil's been trying to kill you for the past year. Now, that's not in the prophetic word that's very encouraging. That's not what they teach you in, like, prophecy class, you know, edification, exhortation, comfort. But as soon as I say that to him, his jaw drops. He said, I developed epilepsy recently. So he knows the devil's been trying to kill him. You know, there's things that are important in church, like, but there's also things that actually you have to get in the flow with of God, of walking in the knowledge of the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. When you walk in the fear of God, just the power of the Lord will cut through stuff. I got saved through an encounter with the fear of the Lord. Save some if by fear. What's the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is Christ crucified for us when we were the most broken. Him willing to die for us individually, each and every person in this room, willing to give himself for you. And you saying wisdom is turning from the way you're going and following right direction. That's what wisdom is. It's following Jesus. He is wisdom. Christ, 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ is wisdom from God, redemption and sanctification. So this guy, we end up ministering to him. Man, getting this guy baptized was such a chore. This guy, David. I prayed with him, gave his life to Jesus. I kept messaging him, kept calling him. You follow up with people. I actually, like, I call people. I, like, get on the phone. I text them. I get their phone number because the devil will try all kinds of stuff to keep them from coming to be followed up with. And so I start praying. I intercede over them. I pray in tongues, and their name comes out of my mouth. So I end up going down there again, and David shows up to his work to pick up his check the exact moment I walk in the door. He wasn't even working that day. I say, you need to get baptized today. He says, well, my baby mama this, and da da He doesn't look like me. He doesn't talk like me. I have the mother of my daughter, my wife, Josie. He has his baby mama. But the Lord loves this man who's a, who has a baby mama. We baptized him in a nasty lake in northern Omaha. I had to move algae out of the way to dunk him under the water. He went under that water. Devils came out of him. He came up speaking with new tongues on the spot, trembling and shaking, tears and snot coming out of his nose. I prophesy, you don't have to be an evangelist to see these things. You know, no one, God never told me I was an evangelist. He said, preach the gospel. He told me it out of his word, and he told it with his, my ears. You Don't give it away to other people. Yeah, I'm not angry with you. I'm passionate. Don't give it away to other people. Well, I don't, I don't feel qualified. Friends, I meet people all the time. Like, I've never felt qualified. That's what they say. Great ministers, I've never felt qualified. 
God doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. And we're all called for good work, which God has prepared beforehand that we might walk in it. Amen? Ephesians 2.10. The greatest harvest of souls is knocking at our door. There are fish that are literally knocking on the side of the boat in the spirit. They're bumping into your boat. But we're looking at our empty nets. We're looking at the past, like Sean said. The Lord is going to do it. Creative miracles are, are beginning to happen while I'm talking. Uh, there's a woman here. Uh, as I begin to speak these things, I might have my team do some stuff too. As I begin to speak these things, raise your hand if that's you. Because if you were the next contestant on The Price is Right, like, you know, Bob Barker or whoever the new guy is, we're like, you're the next contestant. You'd be like, that's me. God puts his word in people. And when it's spoken, that is the power unto deliverance and healing. Salvation. His word brings salvation. He is the word, and when he speaks, God's word in a person's mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. So somebody's left ankle, it's a woman. You need a creative miracle in your left ankle. I don't know where you are. I think you're in this area. Who is that? Creative miracle in your left ankle. You guys are pushing each other. Is that you? Yeah? All right, I want you to send her a text right now. The Lord will heal her. What's her name? What is it? Anai. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for healing her. Is there another, another person, too, in the room that has, a, a, like, a reconstructive thing with an ankle? Um, as I was saying that, too, uh, yes, Lord. The angel Lord touched my right shoulder. Um, there's anyone here with shoulder issues, I want you to quickly stand to your feet. Yeah, go ahead, sir. You're going to get it really good, sir, because I was looking right at you. I knew the Lord was going to do it for you. <laughs> you look like a young man, but I don't know why, but I'm thinking about um, Psalm 67. Does that does number 67 mean something to you? How old are you? 65. Okay, you're 65. Just lift your hands up. Power of God's on you. Um, stretch your hands towards these guys. Say, thanks, Jesus, for healing them. Say, you healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. Like Jean said, they were all healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, power God's just moving around this room right now. There's a creative miracle. There it is. Yeah, daughter of God, I, I know a few things about this woman, but some of it's gonna be by the Spirit right now. Daughter of God, I command that demon of affliction to come out of your lungs. Out of her now in Jesus' name. Out of her lungs, get out of her now. Out of her belly, out of her lungs, out of her heart. I break that victim, self-pity devil that's attacked you. Oh, go in Jesus' name right now. There's a power God on her. Uh, check your shoulders right now. Multiple people. You know, look at the faith of this woman. You're taking that brace off of you. Look at your faith, hon. Somebody take that little walker thing and just throw it out the back for a moment. You can sell it after the meeting. Somebody grab it. Some man grab that thing and just throw it around the corner. No, no like actually like around the corner, Miss Angela. You know what the Lord's doing for you too, hon? Not just your shoulder, but your blood. The autoimmune stuff, the demonic attack against your life. It's been really bad the past four or five years. It's broken. Lift your hands up to heaven. I need a catcher man to behind her, quick. Just lift your hands to heaven. Somebody behind her. I want you to step uh, two steps into the aisle to your right, hon. Two steps into the aisle. Two steps into the aisle. One, one more. Two, lift your hands. Filled in Jesus' name, be set free right now. Yeah, the angel is touching your belly. It's attacked your digestion. 
It's attacked your autoimmune system. It's attacked your thyroid. It's like, they're like, is it cancer? What is this thing going on with? There's multiple things. You were diagnosed with it some way when you were younger in your teens, but in this season, it's gotten really bad. The Lord's delivering you right now. Fear and oppression, go in Jesus' name right now. Yeah, I'm just gonna let the Lord touch her. Stay by her, somebody. You can put a hand on her shoulder. Um, those of you that don't, yes, Lord, don't, don't worry about what's happening with her. That's what happens when people get free. That was normal in Jesus' meetings, and he's the one that's here. All, everyone that's standing with the shoulders, do what you couldn't do before. I believe uh, many, if not all of you, have already been healed of your shoulder problem. The popping, the clicking. Yeah, you're already sitting. How long was your shoulder hurting for? Wow. Yeah. And how's it now? Wow. Thank you, Father. Power of God's all over you. Long-term, on and off thing, but all of it's leaving you right now. Just lift your hands. The rest of you, I want to hear some more. If you have pain that's already left you, I want you to honor the Lord by waving your hands over your head. Check your body out for 20, 30 seconds. Do what you couldn't do before. And if the pain's gone, even if it's gone from other places, because the power of God's already over you guys, uh, just wave your hand over your head. This woman, not only the uh, shoulder and the brown, but your sinuses and your breathing and your heart. And the Lord's touching all of it right now. And I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven. Power of God's on you. Yeah, do what you couldn't do before. This woman here in the green, you have great faith. All the way out of her spine, completely. Just, um, just stretch your hands to her without touching her. Just, I don't know why. Thank you, Lord. There it is. That's the anointing of God on you right now. There it is. That's the power of God on you right there. There it is. That's the power of God. That's the anointing. Out of her spine, out of her shoulder, out of her back, out of her upper back. Yep, there it goes. That's the, there was the creative miracle. Went down in your tailbone, too. I knew the Lord was going to touch you, hon. You've got a heart after God. Life has had challenges, but you've persevered through it. You know something about you? You've been incredibly forgiving. But one of the things about God says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So no longer are we to be even that tough on ourselves. And the love of God wraps you up, hon, and heals you physically. And he's going to do multiple miracles. There's three things in your body happening as I'm speaking right now. He's touching down here, very low. He's touching what you stood for, and he's touching your heart. Father, I bless her in Jesus' name. I want those that are standing, I want you to do what you can do before. I want, I want to get a couple testimonies out of you guys. I want to get a couple testimonies. Yeah, the pain's gone over here. But was there pain in your back and your shoulder? Yeah, just lift your hands up to heaven. Go lay hands on her, hon. Yeah, just close your eyes. This is good. Now, some, guess what I'll say. Some people, that seems uncomfortable, right? But if you realize that the devil was trying to kill that sweet woman... What's different in your body, hon? 
Lift your hands up, huh? It's coming out of your mind and out of your chest, too. Ooh, there's that anointing falling on you right now. Can you tell if it's gone yet? Yeah. Well, I was, I was asking another guy, but your eyes are closed. It's fine. What Can you tell if it's gone? You know something? I just want to hit this for a second. This is nobody here. This is not you guys. This is not you guys. I'm speaking to something like this. Devil of unbelief and fear. You go in Jesus' name. I bless every person that needs to be healed right now. Be healed in Jesus' name all over this room. There it goes. The wave of the peace of God just falling on people. That's how much faith this sweet woman has. She keeps, she's getting rid of like the brace. She's getting, that's faith. Um, yes, Lord, I will. Uh, I need you to help catch. I'm going to bring this woman to the aisle here for a second. Um, woman in the brown, just tap her. Just bring her to the aisle for a second. Lord's going to touch you. You know, I, I remember a, a man in, you guys can sit for a sec. I remember a man in uh, Graham, Texas, 19 years old, Josh Dishman, rheumatoid arthritis in his whole body. I pointed at him. I said, God's giving you a new heart. I didn't know he had physical problems. I just said, God's giving you a new heart. I thought it was spiritual. He also had a pig valve in his heart. He fell out under the power of God. All the pain left his body. The rheumatism, he was on two injections a week. He hasn't had them since. He's completely miraculously healed. I'm gonna pray for autoimmune diseases in a second. But Father, lift your hands up, hon. The power of God's on you. There it is. Just lift them up high. Just say, thank you, Father. There it is. That's the, there it is. There's the anointing of God just falling on you right there. Right there. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. Be filled and be set free right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Just stay behind her, Nate. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Any, any autoimmune diseases, quickly stand to your feet or raise your, yeah, stick quickly stand to your feet. I'll say it, Lord. I rebuke rejection. I rebuke fear. Get out of their blood. Get out of their heart. Get out of their mind. Get out of, I break every curse. Every curse, every curse, autoimmune and rejection, get out of bodies right now. Right now, come out of the lungs. There it is. That's the power of God. Power of God's moving on this lady right here in the blue. Thank you, Father. Power of God's moving right there. Thank you, Father. Thank you. There it is. Loosen right now in Jesus' name. sake, I want to give an altar call right now. We're going to keep praying for people. Uh, if you guys, it's obvious to the Lord that you're healed. It's obvious that you're healed. I would not want anyone in this room to believe this word without knowing and having surrendered all to Jesus. You Maybe you're young and you're like, ah, you know, church, they're just emotional there. If you ask these people what's going on with them, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. 
You know, if you're here and maybe you've been living under fear, under condemnation, maybe you don't know if you're saved. You're like, I don't know if I'm saved. Today's the day of salvation. You can receive a free gift today and turn from sin. Happened to me when I was 19. I received him when I was seven, but I had walked away. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you're in hypocrisy. There's people here. Maybe for the first time, you're going to say, you know what, Jesus, I surrender all to you. There's other here that you need to surrender all today. Hypocrisy, whatever it might be. And Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. You're hungry whether you realize it or not. You're in church on a Sunday morning. But the Lord wants your conscience cleared by his blood today. And that happens when you receive him. As many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. When he died on that cross, he was thinking of you. When he went in the grave and defeated the devil, he was thinking of you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. When he rose from the dead, he was thinking of you. And he sent the Holy Ghost for you. If you're here and you'd say, you know what, Chris, maybe that's me. I'm not sure if I've ever surrendered my life to Jesus. One. Two, I walked away and I know I need to come home today. Or three, you know that you, you need to be um, surrendered to Christ. If you're here in this room, delivered. If you're here in this room and that's you, I want you to put your hand boldly in the air right now. Anywhere in this room, do it right now. Anywhere in that section, you'd say, that's me, I need to surrender to Christ today. Anyone in this section, you'd say, I need to surrender to Christ today. Is there anybody here, you'd say, that's me, I need to surrender. You know, I pulled a guy out of a burning car recently on the side of the road, like in the past six months. Six, Yeah, it was over the summer, six, seven months ago. Pulled him out of a burning car blood all over my shirt, ripped him out near my house. People around, when they got there, the ambulance and the, the nurses and different things like that, we were praying over them, um, started doing CPR, the team did, stuff like that. They said, you know, I think he's in a better place after they threw a white sheet on him. Now, I've actually seen people get up off the ground in a car accident before. Whether I don't know if they were dead or not, but they were laying on the street. In the middle of the street, they'd fallen off their motorcycle. But when they got back up and ran away. So I don't know what happened after I prayed. They could have just been unconscious and got up or something happened supernatural we were in the middle of traffic so i don't know this man didn't come back people said he's probably in a better we know well at least he's in a better place and i thought to myself we don't know that friend you you don't know if you have tomorrow don't resist the mercy and grace of god that's here right now today if you're in this room you say you know i need to give my life to jesus just quickly boldly, boldly put your hand up if you can't put your hand thank you hun Boldly put your hand up. If you can't put your hand up in a room full of people that like you and care about you, how are you going to stand for Jesus in the world? Put your hand up anywhere in this room. You say, that's you. That's me. All right, I know there's a, yes, thank you, Lord. If you raised your hand, I just want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm done with selfish living. You died for me. You are Lord. You are Savior. Thanks for forgiving me. I turn my back on sin to follow you. I want to give another call. If you're here and you've never submitted to Jesus as your baptizer in the Holy Spirit, what's the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When he rose from the dead, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll have power over demonic stuff. It won't hurt them. Take up serpents. If somebody tries to poison you, it can't take you out. That's amazing. My friend, uh, in Latin America, uh, three witches tried to poison him last year. That was 2020. They tried to poison him. They came to his building and repented to him. They said, we put cyanide and poison in your soup a week ago, and you're still not dead. And they gave their lives to Jesus. See, the devil can't touch you, friend. See, the devil's not over your head. He's under your feet. 
These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll have power over the devil. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. If we can say to every Christian, you can lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover, then we also can say to every Christian, they will speak with new tongues. You'd say, I don't know if that's for me or whatever. Well, in a meeting, one person will give a message in tongues. Brastos, brastes, brenti, broto, vendi, bando. Elipastos, elipastos. Do you have the translation, Brother John? I can do it if you don't. Pravi, pravito, pravoto, previti, prevasaba, prevasaba. I make my angels winds and my ministers a flame of fire. And I move in your midst and I dance in your midst. Prophetini bastensis, ablestis, atostis, eclamas, seplis. When you come near, everything that's fear has to bow. See, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're a one-person Holy Ghost party. I know Jean could do that, but I'm kind of just waiting on him. Just getting him in the practice. You know, the, the church has been, yes, Lord, the church has been ashamed of tongues, interpretation tongues. And if there's nine manifestations of the Spirit in a meeting or when you're together, I'm going to teach on them another time because I don't have time right now, and two of them are tongues and interpretation of tongues. If I had a test with nine questions on it and I immediately missed two or just didn't answer two, I've already got an 82 on the test. Or actually, it's lower than that. I think it's a 70-something. Got to work on my math, 77, something like that. Friends, that's like a C. You got to yield to the Lord. But also, there's a... Language of prayer, say prayer. In Romans 8, it says that you would pray with groanings which cannot be uttered or understood. And it says then that in that prayer, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And then what John actually preached on, God will cause all things to work together for good. We like that verse, Romans 8, 28, but we skip 26 and 27. When you pray in the Spirit, you're praying mysteries, you're praying the perfect will of God. And that will actually cause things to come together according to the will of God. And if you, you can pray in your heart. This happened to me in my apartment when I was 19. So I wasn't in church. I didn't even get taught this. I just read the book of Acts. Now, if you're here, you've never humbled yourself to the Lord like that, then I'll say it. This is a bold statement I'm going to say, but it's totally true. If you've never humbled yourself to the Lord by receiving the baptism of the Spirit to speak with new tongues, Jesus actually isn't totally your Lord. Why tongues? Because tongues are a sign. It says in Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, it says, through stammering lips and a new tongue, I will speak to my people, yet they wouldn't hear. This is the rest which shall which cause the weary to rest. Man, I just feel so tired all the time. I'm so worn out. Yeah, there's a, God has a pattern. It's called speaking with new tongues. This is the rest which shall which cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they wouldn't hear. Isaiah prophesied about it, and Jesus came to fulfill it. Why tongues? Because it's offensive. It's offensive to the carnal mind. The carnal mind cannot comprehend the things of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says. Why tongues? Why tongues? When you speak with other tongues, you're actually openly declaring that Jesus is on the throne. Last story, and then we're going to pray for this. I was on my knees in Israel. I started praying in the spirit. I wasn't being loud. I wasn't being obtrusive or distracting or confusing because I'd be out of order. I was just praying in the spirit. Hebrew girl comes over and kneels next to me, Jewish girl from Israel. She looks at me, starts talking to me in Hebrew. I look at her, I say, I don't know what you're saying in English. 
She said, you're speaking perfect Hebrew. I said, what am I saying? She said, you're saying, God, you're my king. You're the God of the living. You're enthroned in heaven. You're enthroned above the angels. The, I could tell you more of the things that came out. For 15 minutes, she, she knew the language. So you may speak in the tongue of manner of angels. But if you don't have love, what's the point, right? That's what Paul said. I'd rather speak five words in an intelligible tongue in a meeting with, in the, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. But Paul also said, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, I will pray in the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing in the spirit. I'll sing with the understanding. If you're here, you've never submitted to Jesus that way, to receive the gift, the promise of the Father. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's not in your life. I'm asking if you've submitted to him, Jesus, as the baptizer and experienced that, that beautiful infilling and spoken with new tongues. If you're here, you've never experienced that. I need you to be bold. We're all gonna stand in a minute, but I need you to be bold. I want you to put your hand up boldly in the air. You've never had that experience. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Look at these hands. Look at these hands. Thank you for that. <laughs> If I came here just for you, hun, it's worth it. I would jump on a plane. I just feel like the Lord's gonna do so much with you this week. Put your hands boldly. I wanna see if there's any mothers. Any others, put your hand up boldly. You've never submitted to that. Is there anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Give the Lord a hand clap. These guys are bold. All right. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. And if you raised your hand, put your hand up. We're almost done with the service. Um, I, I'm not, I don't think I, I don't believe, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, do this. This is probably how we'll, we'll close this part. We'll dismiss and we'll keep praying for people because um, we've been here for a while. Keep your hand up if that's you. All right, you see someone hand up, get around them. You know, you being baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't pray for them just yet, but get around them and put a hand on their shoulder. You being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with new tongues is a greater, yes it is, it's a greater miracle than you receiving a his physical healing. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus healed before he went to the cross. And Elijah brought healing by the anointing. But in the New Testament, tongues are a sign that only came after Jesus went through the cross and rose from the dead and ascended to the Father. But even as you're being baptized in the Spirit, there's people in this room, you're going to get delivered of, of oppression when you get baptized in the Spirit right now. You're also going to get healed of physical things. Because if you get the Holy Ghost, you get the healing too. You'd say, but I have the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the question isn't whether you have the Holy Ghost. The question is whether the Holy Ghost has you. The question isn't whether you have the Holy Ghost. The question is whether the Holy Ghost has you. So keep your hands up if that's you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, those that raise their hand. The rest of you, don't pray for me yet. Just keep a hand on them. Just say this with me if you have your hands up for the baptism. Say, Jesus, your Lord, not me. Thanks for dying for me. Thanks for rising from the dead. I give you all my life. You are the king. Jesus, you're the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. All your disciples spoke with new tongues in the Bible. That's for me too. Today, right now, I will speak with new tongues. Say it out loud. Today, right now, I'll speak with new tongues. I get rid of false teaching. Say it out loud. I get rid of false teaching in my life. And I surrender to you, Jesus. All right, I want you to begin to pray for them. You might need to sing a little bit. I'm just going to sing in the spirit because it's... it's Riste Ushalai, Rabanda Yesu Anai. If you're praying over them, you can sing quietly. Praise 
Yeshua line, Yeshua line. Begin to speak out of that tongue. Begin to speak in that new tongue. Those of you that are receiving, you don't earn it. You're worthy because he died for you. You weren't worthy to get him, but he came for you. The worth of God fills you now. The blood of Jesus cleanses you of all sins. No more English, only tongues. Teresa, be touched, be touched, be touched. Terestensi, terestensi, terestensi. Talabaste, telebasti, telebasto. All of it goes right now. All of it goes right now. Brebabandi, brebastin, breteri, bateri, gatari, katandini. Te brabato, brabato, bratito, engarvor. Tara, 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 taraste, brisna, plasti, I'm the meaner one, I'm the cleaner one, I'm the more gentler one. And I love you and I serve you and I love you and I love you so much. Be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. It's the new song of the Lord, Bababasha Barande. Yeah, even the deafness goes now in Jesus' name. Ears be open. Santo, 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 santo. E brababando, rando, 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 brababandi. Get that microphone in front of me now. Little bit louder. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Look at me. Keep praying. I want you to wave at me if you're you're praying in the spirit now. Just wave at me. Wave at me high. You're you're singing in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you if you just received your tongue, I want you to wave at me. Unashamed. That sweet girl, you already got it, hon. Yeah, you already got it. You already got it. You already got it. You already got it. What I'm going to do, thank you, Father. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to dismiss because people have kids. People have things they have to do, right? They have stuff going on. We're going to come back, and the meetings are just going to get wilder. But I want to I wanna lay hands on people at the front, like John Christophe described with, with my team. And if you're here and you say, Chris, I'm desperate to be healed, I want to tell you, cancel your meetings this week. Cancel. I canceled everything to be here. Okay, I mean, I plan to be here, but cancel stuff. Go to your boss. Tell him we have a church meeting. Did you know that they have to let you go to religious stuff? 
Say, can I make up my shift on Sunday can I, or Saturday next week? Can I make up my shift this other day? Like, just, just ask, like, watch. Ask your boss to come with you. Come to these meetings because they're going to grow and they're going to get wilder. Can we thank the Lord for what he's already doing in here? Just give the Lord a hand clap. All right, I'm going to give back to Pastor Daniel. If you need a healing or a miracle, you can come to the front. We'll be laying hands on people.